Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, Ah, yes, the affidavit largely redacted. What did we learn? Almost nothing. Even before that was made known, I posted something on my various social media platforms that I want to read to you because I think this sums it up. As the ball keeps moving, now it is said that the real issue regarding documents at Mar-a-Lago is possession. That is, that President Trump took documents that belonged to the government the second after he left office. This is as moronic as the rest of the allegations. The former president has the legal right to access any and all of the documents created during his presidency, classified or otherwise. Moreover, the second before he left office, by his very actions alone in taking the documents, could be said that he classified them. This was discussed at length in 2017 when he handed classified information to the Russian foreign minister. The former president cannot be charged under the Espionage Act of 1917 for this reason and more, including Article 2, Section 1 of the Constitution. In other words, he is the executive branch. He is the commander-in-chief and is not limited by subordinates or agency regulations in the exercise of this power. There is also a separation of powers, meaning Congress cannot diminish a core power of the presidency by statute. And imagine if he could be charged with endless debates over bureaucratic processes followed or not and the impact that would have on the ability of any president to exercise his executive powers. Among other reasons as well, this is why many of us argue that a sitting president cannot be indicted. 
Obviously, Trump here is a former president, but that gets back to my point about interpreting a president's action upon his departure. Again, it's been said, folks, that the second he leaves office, those documents become government op- uh, documents. But that argument is also flipped. The second before he leaves office, he is president. So he removes those documents when he is president, not when he isn't president. And the action, as was largely explained in 2017, is good enough. Now we get to document possession issue. Under the Presidential Records Act of 1978, there are no penalties or enforcement mechanisms. None. Clearly, the law was never intended to be used as a criminal statute or prosecutorial tool against a former president. And there is nothing in the legislative history to support such an effort. A former president is given great latitude and access to documents, classified or otherwise. Even judicial review is very limited, as courts have said in other circumstances. The point is, the second after a president leaves office, He's not subject to criminal charges or penalties if he has documents or other information. The act anticipates negotiations between a former president and, uh, and the archives. Make sure I did this right. Yep. Now, the president has obviously given millions of pages of records, or his administration did, and they're under control by the archives. We're talking about a relative few. The fact and the fact that there have been lawyer-to-lawyer negotiations over the remaining boxes, as well as voluntary access to the former president's home by the FBI, belies the absurd claim that he stole government property or obstructed the archives somehow or had criminal intent and so forth. Indeed, the former president was out of office only 12 months when the issue of boxes became known publicly. It's a very short period of time. Sometimes negotiations go on for years. If there was some sudden urgency in controlling the documents, there were many ways to obtain them without resorting to the criminal process. In fact, it's shocking that a federal grand jury in Washington has been impaneled in the first place. Not to mention spies and others at Mar-a-Lago allegedly secretly leaking to the FBI. Even if it's believed that documents are being moved or destroyed, the FBI had the power to remove them via subpoena enforcement by a subsequent court order if necessary. I mean, they went in there in June with a subpoena. Why didn't they take them? If there's actual evidence something was destroyed, real probable cause, and the government truly believes a crime was committed, then go to a real judge, not a master, and seek an arrest warrant. But what occurred was the issuance of a general warrant in violation of the Fourth Amendment, enabling the government to grab everything in sight for a period of nine hours and even search the former First Lady's clothes closet. That's why, at least in part, this indicates the use of a pretext to search for information related to other matters, like January 6th. 
And it's no accident that the same U.S. attorney overseeing the archives investigation is overseeing the January 6th investigation. Also, why was a matter of such constitutional consequence heard by a master and not an Article III federal judge? Master's not confirmed by the Senate. And if there was some kind of urgency, Attorney General Garland was slow to authorize the seeking of a search warrant. And once secured, the warrant wasn't executed for three days. Now, this is why there's speculation about why there must be something else going on. I hope this helps. This entire event is unnecessary. It's appalling, especially when you consider that Hillary Clinton and James Comey, neither of whom were president, maybe in their heads, neither of whom were president, that's important because there are certain attendant protections to a president and former president. They were never subjected to a search warrant given every deference and never indicted. Now, Hillary, later there was a search warrant for her emails, but not a search warrant of her house with FBI agents showing up and that sort of thing which is what I'm talking about. But none of this seems to matter. The New York Times is demanding that the Trump administration, excuse me, that the Biden administration prosecute Donald Trump. They're trying to influence the justice system, and they know that the Attorney General, Meritless Garland, is capable of being influenced and persuaded. They wrote a very long, an entire editorial entitled Trump is not above the law. Now, what's interesting about that is Donald Trump is obviously below the law. They stripped him of executive privilege in the Biden White House, effectively. They took documents that are covered by attorney-client privilege. They took all the boxes. All the boxes. Right? Right? They search places they shouldn't even search. The former first lady's closet. He's been investigated by Democrats at the local level, at the state level, at the federal level, by a rogue committee of Congress, by a rogue U.S. attorney. What do they mean Donald Trump is not above the law? Sure doesn't seem like he's above the law, does it, folks? But I want to explore this with you, too, when we come back. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, too many American colleges fail to equip their students with the knowledge and character required for a good and happy life, much less for useful citizenship. And they're failing while receiving billions of your tax dollars in the process. But there's one college saying no to government money and the corrupting and unconstitutional regulations attached to those dollars. My favorite college, Hillsdale College. Hillsdale refuses every penny of taxpayer money, even indirectly, in the form of government-subsidized loans and grants. Not one penny to stay independent. Not one penny. Hillsdale has over 1,600 undergraduate and graduate students on its main campus in Michigan, and its satellite campus in Washington, D.C., returning to classes right now. You can learn more about Hillsdale's independence from government, its mission of defending liberty, 
and its national outreach programs at levinforhillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Here's the New York Slimes. You see, it's not just the media are an appendage of the Democrat Party. The media, in many instances, if not most, lead the Democrat Party. They write, over the course of this summer, the nation has been transfixed by the House Select Committee's hearings on the events of January 6th and how or whether Donald Trump might face accountability for what happened that day. The Justice Department remained largely silent about its investigations of the former president until this month when the FBI searched his home in Palm Beach in a case related to his handling of classified documents. The spectacle of a former president facing criminal investigation raises profound questions about American democracy, and these questions demand answers. Now, look, as you know, I've been saying that they were looking for more, including, I think, January 6th information, just hoping, beyond hope. And notice how the New York Times, in the first two sentences of the first paragraph of their editorial, links the two. Links the two. Mr. Trump's unprecedented assault on the integrity of American democracy requires a criminal investigation, they write. Now, I want you to keep in mind who's on the New York Times editorial board. They're all leftists, every damn one of them. The disturbing details of his post-election misfeasance. Misfeasance. First of all, that's not a crime. Secondly, what do they mean, misfeasance? Meticulously assembled by the January 6th committee, which, of course, is a Stalinist committee. But then again, the New York Times likes Stalin. Leave little doubt that Mr. Trump sought to subvert the Constitution and overturn the will of the American people. What's going on here is that the New York Times is pressing hard a malleable attorney general, a highly political U.S. attorney, to do something. President defeated at the polls in 2020 tried to enlist federal law enforcement authorities, state officials, and administrators of the nation's electoral system in a furious effort to remain in power. When all else failed, he roused an armed mob to storm the Capitol and threaten lawmakers. Now, that's not true. In fact, that's a lie. Justice Department is reportedly examining Trump's conduct, including his role in trying to overturn the election and in taking home classified documents. Again, they linked to two, notice. Attorney General Merrick Garland and his staff conclude that there is sufficient evidence to establish Trump's guilt on a serious charge in a court of law, then they must indict him, too. Look, listen to this. This board is aware that in deciding how Mr. Trump should be held accountable under the law, it's necessary to consider not just whether criminal prosecution be warranted, but whether it would be wise. No American president's ever been criminally prosecuted after leaving office. That warning is just a salient today. Pursuing prosecution of Mr. Trump could further entrench support for him and play into the conspiracy theories he has sought to stoke. Boy, do they hate Trump. They love Stalin. They embrace the Third Reich. They love Castro. They love these anti-Semite, Hitler-loving Palestinians, which I'll get to in a second. But Trump, that's beyond the pale. A trial, if it is viewed as illegitimate, could also 
further undermine confidence in the rule of law, whatever the eventual outcome. The risks of political escalation are obvious. The Democratic and Republican parties are already in the thick of a cycle of retribution that could last generations. There's a substantial risk that, if the Justice Department does prosecute Mr. Trump, future presidents could misuse the precedent to punish political rivals. So, what a really stupid piece, to be perfectly honest with you. And it goes on and on and on. Yet it is far greater risk to do nothing when action is called for. Aside from letting Mr. Trump escape punishment, doing nothing to hold him accountable for his actions in the months leading up to January 6th could set an irresistible precedent for future presidents. Why not attempt to stay in power by any means necessary? All right, look. There's so many levels to this. So many levels to this. We do not take our moral guidance from the New York Times, which has more blood on its hands in the past hundred years than any corporation that I can think of. As it gave cover to Stalin and the genocide against Ukrainians, as it gave cover to Hitler, which it absolutely did, as it censored the Holocaust, as it promoted Fidel Castro on its pages. We don't need to be told from the New York slimes what needs to be done for the future of this country as it pushes the 1619 Project. As it gave defense to the riots of 2020. Then here we have Fox News, Joseph Wolfson, Two more New York Times Palestinian freelancers caught praising Hitler. Praising Hitler. And terrorists, if their paper cut ties with another. That's three. They're having a tough time over there at the New York Times. Multiple New York Times freelancers reporting on the Israel-Gaza conflict of a history-making anti-Semitic posts. So the New York Times is still at it. Two more Palestinian journalists who've worked with the New York Times in covering the Israel-Gaza conflict, were caught with anti-Semitic and anti-Israel social media histories. Salomon Hiji, a freelance filmmaker whose work has been featured by the Times between 2018 and 2021, praised Adolf Hitler in a 2012 Facebook post, writing, How great you are, Hitler! And he wrote it in Arabic, of course. And he shared a photo of himself with a caption that Translated either I'm in tune like Hitler during the Holocaust or in a state of harmony as Hitler during the Holocaust. That's your New York Times. I'll be right back. Folks, too many American colleges fail to equip their students with the knowledge and character required for a good and happy life, much less for useful citizenship. And they're failing while receiving billions of your tax dollars in the process. But there's one college saying no to government money and the corrupting and unconstitutional regulations attached to those dollars. My favorite college, Hillsdale College. Hillsdale refuses every penny of taxpayer money, even indirectly, in the form of government-subsidized loans and grants. Not one penny to stay independent. Not one penny. Hillsdale has over 1,600 undergraduate and graduate students on its main campus in Michigan, and its satellite campus in Washington, D.C., returning to classes right now. You can learn more about Hillsdale's independence from government, its mission of defending liberty, 
and its national outreach programs at levinforhillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. This is the nation's town hall meeting, and you can join in at 877-381-3811. The New York Times is so corrupt intellectually and every other way that I can think of. It only endorses Democrats for president. Its history is disgusting. Most of its reporters are disgusting buffoons. What do we care what their editorial page has to say? They just have this habit of hiring pro-Hitler Arabs. You know, there are Arabs who aren't pro-Hitler, but they have a habit of finding the Arabs who are pro-Hitler. It's a pattern. Of course, they wouldn't tolerate that with anybody else. Look at this guy running as the Republican for governor in Pennsylvania. He had a very loose, I wouldn't even call relationship, with some nut job on the Internet who posts stupid-ass things. Mastriano is now said to be, you know, unqualified. But the New York Times has a whole history of this. With cartoons, with columnists, with Arab pro-Hitler, you know, contractors. Every time Israel's attacked, they take the side of the terrorists. And there have been books and books and books written about how they uh, intentionally covered up the Holocaust and now how, how their bureau chief in Berlin was sympathetic to Hitler. I mean, how many strikes do you get at the New York Slimes? It's just a corporation, just a propaganda mill. Now look at this. You have two people who apparently found this Ashley Biden diary who've been prosecuted, who are going to go to jail, who pled, who got on their knees and begged for forgiveness. This is what the prosecutors do. That's what they do. As the FBI, once again, serves the needs of the Biden administration and the Democrat Party. Notice we don't get any leaks from the FBI about the Biden crime family or their association with Communist China, or any of that. Notice that? No leaks. No leaks of phone calls he has with foreign leaders, like the leaks that came out of the National Security Council against Trump. Notice all that? But here's why Joe Biden was so concerned about Ashley Biden's leaked diary. You've heard a little about this. It's, it's because of a page that reportedly comes from that diary. And in her handwriting, she writes, in part, and I take it out of context because that's all I have, hypersexualized at a young age. What does this do to? Was I molested? I think so. I can't remember specifics, but I do remember trauma. I remember not liking <coughs> the Woolsack's house. I remember somewhat being sexualized with Caroline. I remember, <coughs> excuse me. 
I remember being sexualized with friends at a young age. Showers with my dad, paren, probably not appropriate, close paren. Being turned on when I wasn't supposed to be. What do you make of that, Mr. Producer? Now, I can assure you the New York Times editorial page, editorial board, will not even comment on this. Not even comment on this. I assure you it won't be covered by NBC Nightly News, by ABC News, by CBS News. It won't be covered by the Associated Depressed, Reuters, none of the big corrupt media outlets. No, those corporations aren't going to touch it. You see, Donald Trump is guilty of heinous crimes, according to the New York Times. Go get him, get him, get him, get him, for the 500th time. Joe Biden can violate the Constitution, take $500 billion, if not a trillion dollars, from hardworking Americans and give it to his base. The most crass, the most crass political act in American history. And then wrap himself in self-righteousness about what a great guy he is helping people. He can fail to uphold his constitutional responsibilities as president. To take care of the laws that are faithfully executed under the constitution by completely rejecting our immigration laws. And creating absolute terror on the border. People dying. Molestation, people being raped, fentanyl coming across. Chinese produce it, push it through with the drug cartels. Over 100,000 deaths. He takes no responsibility for any of it. He never even talks about it. Never even talks about it. He's been turned down by multiple courts on multiple fronts for overreaching, for violating the Constitution. He's a multi-millionaire. He's a millionaire many times over. And nobody can figure out how. Mr. Big, Mr. 10%, but nobody can figure out how. He didn't release all his tax returns. He released some of his tax returns. Notice there's not a Republican prosecutor in the country trying to get Joe Biden's tax returns. Not one. Not a Republican attorney general in any state trying to get Joe Biden's tax returns. Not one. And you don't hear the word impeachment. I'm not talking about now when we're in the minority, but when we're in the majority. They dropped that word 10 times a day before Donald Trump even was sworn in. Says the dummy. From Kentucky. Here we have this in his own daughter's handwriting. And so, in order to take away any attention from this and to punish people, the two people who found this diary are going to jail. And they're also going after, apparently, James O'Keefe from Project Veritas. It's not a real journalism operation like the New York Times. Come on now! Come on now. Can't be. 
And I guess it's not. The guy walks around smelling people's hair. Betsy DeVos, the former education secretary. She's another one he came close to molesting. You've got people, Democrats, operatives, activists, who've said it was grotesque what this guy would do. We have films of it with little girls. And we have a woman who accused him of rape when she was his staffer in her 20s. She was given a sleight of hand, dismissed out of hand. Just blown off. Now we can't, we can't, because any questions to be raised about the great Joe Biden, and he's delivering for them. You know, all this crap from the Marxist left, the Leninist left, it's all BS. They couldn't be more excited. Now they keep pushing Biden, don't get me wrong, but he's delivered. Despite what they say, he's delivered. He's got these historians coming in to see him. Beshlash. Who's that other a-hole? I can't remember who it is. Looks like sort of an owl. You know, Joe, uh, you're the next FDR. Bigger than FDR. You can do so many things. Spend, spend, tax, tax, borrow, borrow. Call women men and men women. You can do it, Joe. Whitey is racist. Come on, Joe. You can do this. And he is. Now, all of you who oppose what he's doing to our country, what he's doing to our culture, what he's doing to our classrooms, what he's doing, you're semi-fascists. And this is how they dehumanize you. I've talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. Well, if you're a semi-fascist, you don't matter. Your vote doesn't matter. Your opinion doesn't matter. You don't matter. Now, just so you remember, in 2010, or it might have been 2011, he called the Tea Party terrorists. Terrorists. That's what he said. Tea parties filled with terrorists. Now, MAGA, or anyone who disagrees with him, is a semi-fascist. The man who's going to unite us, you see. To be honest, he's always been a sick bastard. The way he treated Bork and Thomas. And many, many in between and since. Man has no conscience. He has no morals. Raises two kids who become sex addicts and drug addicts. I'm just being honest. And Dr. Jill, what's her deal? I'm sorry, am I too close to the uh, third rail? What is her deal? She knows her husband doesn't have it. She knows her husband doesn't have it. And yet there she stands. Joe, we're done. Joe, shake the hands. Joe. He's not up to this job. But she wants to be in the White House. That's all that matters. We have threats from Iran. What is Biden doing? He's arming them with nuclear weapons. Effectively, you can't own a pistol. But if a Islamo-Nazi regime that threatens to wipe us off the face of the earth gets nuclear weapons, hey, what do you, what do you expect? 
makes Neville Chamberlain look like George Patton. I heard a very ugly joke the other day. A very ugly joke. I don't even like it. And to prove to you how ugly it is, Mr. Producer, the the Bidens go into a very expensive restaurant. And Joe Biden says, I want the best steak you have. Okay, it's not cheap, you know. Okay, I want the best steak you have. And the waiter says, in the vegetable, he'll have the same thing. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, too many American colleges fail to equip their students with the knowledge and character required for a good and happy life, much less for useful citizenship. And they're failing while receiving billions of your tax dollars in the process. But there's one college saying no to government money and the corrupting and unconstitutional regulations attached to those dollars. My favorite college, Hillsdale College. Hillsdale refuses every penny of taxpayer money, even indirectly, in the form of government-subsidized loans and grants. Not one penny to stay independent. Not one penny. Hillsdale has over 1,600 undergraduate and graduate students on its main campus in Michigan and its satellite campus in Washington, D.C., returning to classes right now. You can learn more about Hillsdale's independence from government, its mission of defending liberty, and its national outreach programs at levinforhillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. about this ladies and gentlemen if you're going to prosecute somebody over classified documents you're in a court of law Mr. Producer you're going to have to demonstrate those documents are classified so it's quite possible the substance of those those documents will become known Because you have a right to a trial, a public trial, not a secret trial in the basement of the Department of Justice. I'm just pointing things out. It's very complicated. What the Department of Justice has done there is they basically take an atomic bomb and dropped it all over the place. There are serious constitutional questions. There are paths here that have never been walked before. Over what? What exactly? While he had papers, he shouldn't really. Well, why isn't Hillary Clinton doing like 50 life sentences? Seems to me, consider the number of times she violated it. Or why isn't Jim Comey in Sing Sing with with a jailmate named Bubba? Why? I don't understand this. Of course I do. Now we have Kathy. She is the accident governor of New York. And Kathy is calling for 5.4 million Republicans to leave New York. And Tim Hoffer writing at the New York Post says, Governor Kathy 
who hasn't proven shy about issuing orders, had one for the state's Republicans this week, all 5.4 million of them. Just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong, okay? You're not New Yorkers. Okay, so you're semi-fascists. You're not New Yorkers. In other words, you're not human, folks. You're not here. We don't care about your opinion. We don't care about your concerns. We're not here to represent you. We're not here to represent you. We will have Lee Zeldin on the program in the third hour. I'd like his reaction to this. He'd be a fantastic governor. The Empire State has already lost 1.5 million residents in the past decade, and there's no sign of the trend letting up. In fact, more than 350,000 New Yorkers relocated during the 12 pandemic plague months leading up to July 1, 2021. In her attempt to be snappy, snappy she ain't, <laughs> exposed a major problem that has gripped our state since the dawn of the Cuomo <laughs> era. New Yorkers are leaving, and they're taking their tax dollars with them. And she should be doing everything she can to encourage people to come to New York. New York City residents pay the highest combined state and local personal tax rate in the nation. Of course, they're in a fight with uh, California. Those high taxes and other factors have led to a mass exodus of jobs and job creators. Do I owe you something, Mr. Producer? Yes, I do. Anyway, this is the accident governor. She became governor when Cuomo uh, left with his, can I say, tail between his legs? Is that all right, Mr. Producer? And so they, they're left with this reprobate. H-O-C-H-U-L. Maybe I shouldn't have said that she's a she, because I know that's not in these days. In fact, it's out. When we return... Ever hear this guy, Nate Silver, Mr. Producer? America? He writes for this website. He used to work for the New York Slimes. He was smart. He got the hell out of there. And uh, he has really quite... Quite a thing he wants to tell us or tells us about Pfizer and the vaccine. Some of you may be familiar with him. His hair is much like my dear friend Trey Galvey's hair, kind of one day it's to the left, one day it's to the right. Look, I don't oppose that. I don't have any. I'm with the bald is beautiful crowd. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. By the way, here I am thinking during the break. Here we have the same Department of Injustice leaking information to the media about an investigation, which is a crime. 
which is a crime. And the media receiving it, just so you know, is a crime. They can assert First Amendment, I'm just making a point. And they're very upset that Donald Trump didn't handle his paperwork properly, Mr. Producer. So some crimes are okay, you see, especially if they're committed by Democrats who control the government or Democrats in the media. So if Democrats in the government are giving Democrats in the media information, like Maggot Haberman and the others, that's okay. Tell me, is there a leak investigation taking place at the Department of Injustice to determine who's been behind these leaks or how many people are behind these leaks? Have they subpoenaed the records from the New York Slimes and Maggot Haberman and the rest? I remember the old days when Obama really went after the media, even though they loved him. He went after the Associated Depressed. He went after James Rosen of Fox. He went after a lot. In fact, Barack Melhouse, Benito Obama went after more news operations and platforms than any president in modern times. That's why they love him, I guess. How do I know? They're sadistic. But is there a leak investigation taking place? Isn't that important? No, Mark. No. Now, let's get back to this. Nate Silver. Pfizer. Nate Silver, quote, liberal elites pressured Pfizer to delay vaccine until after 2020 election. I'm not so much concerned about what you think of the Pfizer vaccine. That's not the point of the article. It's written by Ariel Zilber. Nate Silver claimed liberal public health elites pressured Pfizer to delay fast-track approval of its COVID-19 vaccines until after the 2020 presidential election, thus denying then-President Trump a political win before voters headed to the polls. Remember we kept asking, what's with the timing of this, right after the election? Somebody must have sat on this. Now, we discussed this many times, ladies and gentlemen. The number-crunching data journalist reacted to an article by Politico that cited a House report that claimed the Trump administration sought to expedite approvals for both vaccines and, quote, unproven treatments, unquote, for COVID-19. This is actually very laughable in a sick way. As the Democrats were pushing this, you don't have a vaccine. Trump's responsible for the death of people. And Biden comes in. He wants you to be vaccinated three times, four times, 112 times. But here's where we go. Quote, Trump pushed for vaccine approvals too fast is the worst possible critique, he writes, of the Trump administration's COVID policy. And he is the founder of the 538 Political News and Analysis website. He said that probably saved a lot of lives. If anything, approval should have been faster. In a subsequent tweet, Silver wrote that liberal public health elites pushed Pfizer to change its original protocols that govern its authorization of vaccines so the decision would be put off until after election two years ago. What was that? 
liberal public health elites. You mean if we follow the science, we're following the liberals? Yes. Silver not noted that Pfizer's decision had the convenient side effect, I'm quoting him, of delaying any vaccine announcement until after the election, unquote, and that the story, quote, deserves more scrutiny. It sure as hell does. Two big deals here, ladies and gentlemen. They sat on the Hunter Biden laptop, and they waited until after the election to announce the vaccines. All for the purpose of denying Donald Trump issues, and all for the purpose of getting Joe Biden elected. The 538 editor-in-chief said most public health officials, quote, tend to be strong Democratic partisans, and that their push for Pfizer to take its time in announcing a vaccine, quote, may have been politically motivated in whole or in part. It's a story that deserves more reporting, and I've done some poking around myself. Wonder what the New York Slimes editorial page thinks. Probably covering this up like they did the Holocaust. The political story that Silver linked to quotes several public health experts who criticized Pfizer for going too fast in seeking FDA authorization of its vaccine. The drug giant was under intense pressure by the Trump administration and its allies to announce the success of its vaccine at clinical trials before November 3rd, 2020. Six days after the election, Pfizer announced that its COVID vaccine was 90% effective. Do you remember all this, Mr. Reducer? And going, what the hell's going on here? Unbelievable. According to House Democrats probing the Trump administration's response to the pandemic, White House officials demanded that the FDA authorize the use of an anti-malaria drug. Hydroxychloroquine, which I took, by the way. I took that drug, Mr. Producer. I didn't grow extra breasts. I didn't grow an extra leg. I still have two eyes. Because it's a perfectly harmless drug that's been in existence since the 40s and was used a billion times by our soldiers in World War II. Trump administration officials were also accused of pressuring the FDA to speed up its vaccine approval process in order to benefit the president politically. Trump officials have denied the claims. Also, let's see here. Also, also, also. Trump has said that Operation Warp Speed, the government initiative to develop the COVID vaccines, saved 100 million American lives or so. But he also lashed out at Pfizer, accusing the firm of playing corrupt games by timing the announcement of its vaccine in order to harm his re-election chance. Have you noticed that things that are dismissed that Trump says, oh, that's a conspiracy, that they're almost always correct, Mr. Producer? They did exactly what Trump said they were doing. They did exactly what he said. They played corrupt games. It's like Facebook. The FBI calls him and says, hey, uh, why don't you sit on this uh, Hunter Biden thing? And they sit on it. They sit on it, like Twitter. Twitter damn near banned the whole thing. And of course, the New York Slimes covered it up, like the Holocaust. Silver's tweet suggesting Trump's suspicions of Pfizer could be justified 
raised eyebrows among some of his more than 3.5 million Twitter followers. That's the kind of take I'd expect to find on Truth Social, one twit said, I mean Twitter said, referencing the social media site founded by Trump. One Twitter user accused Silver of going full MAGA conspiracy guy. That's right. The left is nuts. Now, you know, it doesn't bother me that they're nuts. What bothers me is that these nuts want to impose their nuttiness on the rest of us. That's what bothers me. It's like all these other things going on. With the transgender, do whatever the hell you want. But don't impose it on the whole society. Don't ask for special privileges. Don't destroy women's sports. You know, leave my kids alone in the classroom. I believe in the privacy of your bedroom. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company, and I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer, one month free, one month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network for just 30 bucks a month. Plus, get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code Levin Podcast for this special offer. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and get one month free. I see where Megyn Kelly used the F word in describing uh, the Fouch. Hey, uh, what do you mean? Yes. Got a lot of attention. She's got a good podcast. I, I have to admit that, Mr. Producer. She's very feisty. May I say feisty? People will say, well, that's misogynist. I thought misogynism, if that's a word, went out with women. In other words... If somebody's not a woman, how can the other person be a misogynist? Can you explain that to me, uh, Rich? It's so perplexing to follow the, the insanity of what is the left. So you can't define a woman, but you can be a misogynist. You can't define a woman, but you can have your first black woman on the Supreme Court. Very confusing. And of course, we live in a white male-dominated society. Well, how can we be a white male-dominated society if there's no such thing as a male? Or maybe there is, but no such thing as a biological male. And then we have all kinds of applications. You know, if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer, if you want to apply for a job or something like that, and they have here male, female, uh, don't identify. Do we now have quotas for don't, I, uh, don't identify, Mr. Producer? Because people can take advantage of that, you know. We're hiring 15% don't identifies. Oh! Well, count me in. 
This is insanity. This is evidence of a collapsing society. This is evidence of a Democrat party and American Marxist movements that are being embraced by these these cultural institutions, the rot that's taking place in our country. We don't teach critical race theory. That's a dog whistle. And then they defend it to the hilt. Well, you don't want to know the history of America? Wait, I thought we didn't teach it. Well, we don't. But by God, you need to know the history of America. I saw Governor Yunkin on TV of Virginia. Very good guy. He was on Fox. They probably brought him on to discuss something else, but breaking news and so forth. And you have Fairfax County, Virginia. We spoke about this. That is a full-fledged Marxist operation trying to destroy the family structure, trying to break little kids off from their parents or parent. And he says in Virginia, we're not going to tolerate it. Well, I'm very pleased about that. But what are you going to do about it? I'm quite serious. In, in, a, in a kind way, in a, in a prodding way, what are you going to do about it? In Florida, you can't get away with that. That's why I think DeSantis is really unique in that sense. Now, that said, Virginia has uh, v- a very thin majority of Republicans in the Assembly. And I think the Democrats have a one-vote advantage of the Republicans doing the Senate, so it's tough to get things done. But Maybe Mayorkas, the Attorney General, could do something, but people want things done. And uh, to his credit, the case of Yunkin, he has, just so you know, as governor, he is governed like a conservative. You know, he's not a Mitt Romney type. He's not a Larry Hogan type. And by the way, I'm just having some thoughts here. This guy, Larry Hogan, what exactly is his attraction, Mr. Producer? Nothing personal, but his chin has chins. Have you noticed that? I don't think he's missed too many meals. But by the way, neither do I. And I think my chin is growing a chin. But then again, I don't want to be president. And we have canceling Thomas Jefferson. The National Review wrote a nice piece. Now, they kind of smear Jefferson. But let's, let's read this, because it's actually very interesting. I saw it, what was it, this morning? And you may not even be aware of this. The editorial board of the University of Virginia student newspaper, there's a reason sophomoric is a term of opprobrium, has decided that Thomas Jefferson's name and likeness must be stripped from the university. And by the way, he founded the university. He drew the entire, you know, campus. And even was a quasi-architect for some of the buildings. So, but for Thomas Jefferson, there would be no University of Virginia. And by the way, but for Thomas Jefferson, among others, there may not be a country. But that's beside the point, you understand. Our physical environment, they write, from statues to building names to Jefferson's overwhelming president, this is the newspaper, exalts people who held the same beliefs as the repugnant white supremacists in attendance at the Unite Right rally. You know, uh, you're right, Jefferson was wrong about many things. He was not wrong about slavery's 
deficiencies, but it had practically nothing in common with the thinking, such as it is, of the addled nihilistic morons who fly swastika flags and march around with tiki torches. That the students of the University of Virginia have not availed themselves of the opportunity to learn about this is to their discredit rather than Jefferson's. A New Jersey school board similarly proposes to take Jefferson's name off an elementary school. New Jersey was founded by slavers, and the state's name is a tribute to the royalist slave trader Sir George Cateret of Jersey. Hello! New Jersey was the last northern state to abolish slavery. And Trenton is named for a slave trader. Thomas Jefferson is the least of the Garden State's problems. So we got a name, change the name of Trenton, New Jersey. And take down that damn slogan on the bridge, what Trenton makes, the world takes. Because nobody knows what the hell Trenton makes. Not much these days. That, of course, is where the fantastic New Jersey government is. I believe that's the capital. And the entire name of the state of New Jersey must be changed. Because Jersey is the name of a royal slave trader. That's a tribute to him. Now, when the first Europeans landed in the Americas in 1492, they write, slavery was present and generally accepted in practically every corner of the world. Moors and Spaniards held slaves. Englishmen and Frenchmen held slaves. Arabs and Africans traded slaves. Slavery had been enshrined in Chinese law for centuries. Aztec slave traders enjoyed fast fortunes and special social privileges. The Pawnee and the, I don't know, Tinglet practiced slavery with all the usual brutality. Though it may be awkward to admit it at UVA, Virginia itself is named in honor of a prolific slave trader, Queen Elizabeth I of England. Slavery was a factor in Texas joining the Union. Julius Caesar, Genghis Khan, Cleopatra, none thought twice about the legitimacy of slavery. And Genghis Khan had been a slave for, for a decade. Jefferson was unusual in his clear-eyed understanding of the despotism and tyranny inherent in slavery, though he failed personally to implement that understanding in his per- personal life at all or adequately in his political life. It's a very good editorial I commend it to you. Puts things in their proper perspective. I'll be right back. Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company, and I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer, one month free, one month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network, for just 30 bucks a month. Plus, get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code LEVINPODCAST for this special offer. That's L-E-V-I-N podcast. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. That's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and get one month free. This is the Ministry of Truth. 
The Mark Levin Show. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Listen to all these idiots all over cable. I won't I won't ruin your dinner with this, but Neil Catalia, former acting U.S. Solicitor General under Obama, of course, on MSLSD, of course. The affidavit shows Trump didn't declassify any documents. No, it doesn't show that at all. Affidavit shows that FBI, DOJ think that Donald Trump is a liar. Maybe, but who cares? Jeff Pegwoos, if that is his name, CBS News correspondent. On redacted affidavit, the government's saying there is evidence of obstruction. Hey, what do you have, like a uh, 15-watt light bulb up there, brother? That was in the documents they released two and a half weeks ago, or whatever it was. Frank Figluzzi, if that is his name, former FBI assistant director, also an MSLSD. We won't be able to recruit allies to work for us because Trump was storing their documents. What else? What else? I'm sure there's more. Trump should be charged with treason. Corinne Jean-Pierre on the Constipated News Network. Well, the White House didn't know about the search warrant. White House knew an awful lot. You've been working with the archives to get rid of executive privilege. We're not going to get involved in that, but if the archives does, that's okay. Wink, 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 wink. Yes. Meanwhile, Joe Biden is obsessed with abortion. I thought, and I could be wrong, of course, if memory serves, I thought white guys weren't supposed to be talking about abortion. How would they know anything about it? After all, they can't have babies. Wait a minute, that's all changed now. I guess they can, even though they can't. So confusing. Follow the science, except when it's here. Except when it's inconvenient. Follow the science when it comes to the vaccines and the masks. Oops, there is no science. Okay, follow the science when it comes to your genitalia. Wait a minute. It's what's between your ears, not your leg. Oh, it's hard to follow the science. Oh, an abortion. It's a right. It's a choice. It's not a science. That's not a baby. It's a salami sandwich. Oh, okay. Follow the science, except when we say don't follow the science. I see. Now I understand. Anyway, Biden talks an awful lot. For a man, if he is a man, he talks an awful lot about abortion. And I thought that was not really supposed to be the case, that men can't talk about abortion. Now, unless you're, of course, pro-women getting abortions. But if you're pro-life, you can't talk about it. Hey, hey, you, yeah, no. Says, we'll codify Roe v. Wade. Codify Roe v. Wade? What does that mean? The states have the authority when it comes to abortion. You're going to codify Roe v. Wade? See how nuts they are on the left? The Democrat Party, home for all the nuts and fruitcakes. Have you noticed this? You have the states stealing people's liberties. You have the feds stealing people's liberties. You have their bureaucracy stealing people's liberties. You have their Congress stealing people's liberties. 
You have Joe Biden there signing off on documents left and right, stealing people's liberties. Hey, look at this executive order. Oh, I like this. And if you disagree with them, you're the semi-fascist, whatever that means. Roe v. Wade. And we're going to ban assault weapons. Uh, you know what the Supreme Court ruled? We don't care about the rule of law. We are the rule of law. And what's an assault weapon? If somebody hits you over the head with a frying pan, that frying pan is an assault weapon. No, Mr. Producer? It's true. Assault weapons. Weapons don't assault anybody. Just the language is so. And then there's support. Yeah! Get those damn assault weapons! What's an assault weapon? I don't know. It's everything I don't like. If it looks like an assault weapon, it must be. Let's listen to Biden. Cut nine, go. My friends, we offer a starkly different version and vision of this country, a vision of a better America. No, 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 no. You hate America. You can't make America better. You hate America. That's not... And have you noticed this guy is always squinting and yelling? Well, Mark, you yell. I know, but I'm not the president. He's always squinting and yelling and shuffling. Have you noticed that? He's always looking around like there's some bird or pigeon on his shoulder or something. Or a pigeon crapped on his head. Have you noticed this, Mr. Producer? Like, hey, hey. Anyway, go ahead. Our reach that's within our hands if we just vote. If we elect two more senators, we keep the House and Democrats, we're going to get them <laughs> Yay! What did he say? I don't know. Yay! Go ahead. This we're going to get done. Folks, look. We'll codify Roe v. Wade. And they're all clapping. Yes! Abortion on demand! Yay! Yay! Kill the babies! Yay! Save the seals! Yay! Go ahead. We'll ban, we'll ban assault weapons. Yay! We'll put- ban assault weapons. Empower 87,000 new IRS agents. But ban assault... Yay! Ban automobiles. Yay! Yay! Dumb bastards. Go ahead. Social Security Medicare. We'll pass universal pre-K. Whoa, 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 whoa. We'll protect Social Security. Is somebody attacking Social Security and Medicare? Let's see, what? Why don't I slow that down there for a second? The only people destroying Medicare are the Democrats. They keep stealing money out of Medicare for Obamacare. And they keep putting illegal aliens on health care. So all you folks who've paid into Medicare, at some point, you're not going to have Medicare. No, but we're protecting it. Yay! Interest is going up. Inflation's going up. That means the Social Security Trust Fund that does not exist anymore because they stole all the money. It's filled with IOUs. It's a real Ponzi scheme now. They did it, not me. Don't yell at me. All that money you put in there is gone. Because these, these pigs, they can't spend fast enough. They're slopping around in their own... Anyway, go ahead. Restore the child care tax credit. We'll protect voting rights. We'll pass election reform and make no, make sure no one, no one ever has the opportunity to steal an election again. 
Whoa, 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 whoa. To steal an election? Wow. You mean the last election wasn't free and clear? I don't know. We mean you guys. Wait a minute. It's every election again. I heard it with my own ears. Why doesn't he run on his record? This, ladies and gentlemen, we're fundamentally transforming America. Yay, we hate it. Yay. The border's wide open. Yay. Fentanyl, other drugs killing our kids. Yay. Rape, molestation. Yay. Drug cartels. Yay. Attaboy. Attaboy, Joe. And nobody in history has spent more and driven a nation more in debt than I have. Yay, Joe! Go, 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 go! That's right. And I took a country that was energy independent, and I destroyed the energy industry. Yay, Joe! Yay, Joe, Joe! We have shortages of not just baby food, but tampons. Yay, Joe! Go get them for the little guy. Price of meats up, price of fish up, price of eggs, price of butter, price of milk. Yay, Joe! Yay, that a boy! The Iranians are getting nukes, thanks to you. That a boy, Joe! The communist Chinese are poised to invade Taiwan. Yay! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That Joe Biden, yes. But don't worry. Abortion on demand at any time, and we're going to pay for it. Yay, Joe. Come on. You're unbelievable. And if you took out a loan as a student, and you promised to pay it back, and you don't, we're going to subsidize you. Yay, Joe. Oh, my God. This guy's unbelievable. What a dumbass. May I say that with all due uh, respect? It is what it is. He's got a rally in Maryland. I mean, if they can't win Maryland, where the hell... He has to go to these dark blue states, right? A rally in Maryland. Do you want to put yourself... I got to play this, Mr. Producer. Cut 10, go. But I'm not joking. Think about this. Think about what they're doing. And all... It's all there in black and white. He wants to require Congress to vote on the future of Social Security every five years. So, every five years, Congress can vote to change, cut, reduce, or entirely eliminate Social Security. So this is it. You see the scaremongering, the the, uh, fear-mongering. He wants Congress to vote. This is Rick Scott. He wants them to vote. Oh, my God. No. And so that means Social Security is on the block and Medicare is on the block. And do you want Ted Cruz? Do you want Marjorie Taylor Greene? Do you want these people in charge of your Social Security? Yes or no? No, dumbass. We want you in charge of it because you already killed it. Why are you so... Hey, look. If he can call us semi-fascists, the brakes are off. The brakes are off. I'm sick of being called names, aren't you? I'm sorry. I'm not a Washington establishment Republican. Oh, you know, you got to demonstrate, huh? You know, you can't just because, you know, just... Shut up. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company, and I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer, one month free, one month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network, for just 30 bucks a month. Plus, get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code Levin Podcast for this special offer. That's L E V I N Podcast. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and get one month free. This, uh... Song is a signal to my wife. You know, during some of the shows, I send signals. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? You learn a lot, even after 20 years, don't you? You know, you got to keep the light going there, big boy. All right. Let's go to Jim, Indian Trail, North Carolina, XM Satellite. How are you, Jim? Oh, very well, Mark. I hope you're doing well. And make sure you're around for another 20 or 30 years after September's anniversary. Well, you're very kind. I don't think so, but thank you, my friend. Maybe 20. <laughs> okay. Um, hey, you've established a thousand times over the fact that uh, the president has an unco- has a constitutional right to de- declassify any document without question. And I'm thinking it's been now 18 days, and three former presidents, and I use three because I'm not Carter's 97, I'm not gonna, I don't know what's going on with him. The three former right. presidents continue to maintain their contemptuous silence on the Mar-a-Lago raid. I go, well, whether these three feel like it or not, they're all in the same club to include President mm-hmm. Trump. So when the raid took place, one or all, in spite of their hatred for the guy, should have spoken up when there was an obvious breach of protocol, like mm-hmm. a raid on a former president's home with an open-ended warrant. But you know as well as I do, Mark, that if just one of them would say the raid violated the Fourth Amendment or admitted... Uh, they've also taken documents when they left, as you have also pointed out. Don't you think that that would have completely destroyed the narrative that comes from yes. the Joseph Goebbels? By the way, you sound like the uh, Attorney General of Arizona is a very good friend of mine. Just thought I'd tell you. Jim, you make a superb point. They're all cowards. Because I believe they've all taken documents with them. I really do. It would be weird if they didn't. Obama, George W., Bill Clinton... Um, and uh, they don't want anything to do with it. Now, here's my question. How do we know they haven't? Well, they asked Pence, and he said they didn't. No, 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 no. That's not the way it works. You got to raid their homes and look in their wives' closets, right? You got you to gotta check out their multiple houses. In the case of the Obamas, it's got many houses. In the case of the Clintons, we know they used to hide documents and do all kinds of weird stuff, and so did their buddy Sandy Berger stuffing classified documents down his pants. Well, at least it was classified documents. Bill Clinton did other stuff. But nonetheless, how do we know? Because Obama is beloved. Beloved. He gets a pay. We don't even ask. No, we're not going to ask Obama. How dare you? And George Bush, who now is an Obamaite? No, we're not going to ask George. No. 
How can I ask him that? Trump, 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 Trump. I'll be right back. In an economy like this, we all need as much help as we can get. Whether you're an employee or employer, you're just looking for ways to survive. So innovation refunds can help. Small business owners, listen up. You could be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000 per employee. This isn't a loan. There's no payback. It's a refund of your taxes. Go to GetRefunds.com. Their tax attorneys are specialists in this little-known payroll tax refund program. They do all the work with no charge up front. They simply charge a percentage of the cash that they get for you. Businesses of all types can qualify as long as you have five or more employees. The team at GetRefunds.com has already returned over $1 billion to businesses, and they can help you too. Seriously. Go to GetRefunds.com, click on Qualify Me, and answer a few questions. Go to GetRefunds.com. No risk, high reward. That's GetRefunds.com. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I have a question. I have a question for all those establishment Republicans about the last election. Why were there hundreds of lawsuits brought prior to that election to change the election laws, particularly in battleground states? Why was that done? Why were there Democrat governors and Democrat elected courts, including the Supreme Court in Pennsylvania, and Democrat elected secretaries of state, why were they changing election laws prior to that election? It's like, why is the border open? So in other words, the cleanest election in American history there was no systemic fraud, says Bill Barr. But there was something that was systemic. Call it what you will. There was a strategy that was put in place across the country, particularly in states that were on the cusp, to change the rules by hook or by crook in favor of Biden. I don't even have to get to ballots and machines. I don't have to get to any of that stuff. Why was that done? Why was it done? Because of the virus? Really? No, we know that's not true. Now, how do we know that? Because the Democrats ever since have been trying to nationalize and centralize these decisions impose them on states that don't want them to ensure that the Democrats benefit. So what do you call that? Fixing the system. I don't mean reforming it and improving it. Fixing it. Trying to fix the system. $417 million from Zuckerberg went into heavy Democrat areas to get out the vote in a very... Sinister scheme. 
This isn't conspiracy. This is fact. And that money was used to give out grants, readily and happily accepted, I might add, mostly, almost exclusively, to Democrat local boards of election. But they had to follow a very specific protocol or voting regime that would assist the Democrats. And that's what they did. Well, what do you call that? Maybe you don't call it fraud, but what do you call it? I'm just curious. Now, the Democrats know what they did. Their lawyers know what they did. Zuckerberg knows what he did. But how is it that Barr, and not just him, my dear good friend Rove and others, how is it that they don't realize it? In fact, it's so bad that Republican state legislatures have tried to fix it. They've reversed course. And in states where there's Democrat governors and Republican legislatures, the governors have blocked them. As in Pennsylvania. Or they have Democrat elected courts that have blocked them, as in Pennsylvania. There's no going back now. Why did the Supreme Court take up the North Carolina case? On so-called gerrymandering. To determine who gets to make that decision. Who gets to make that decision? It's pretty clear under the Constitution, the state legislature. So why did the court take it up? Because it's also pretty clear, especially in the last election, that wasn't the case. Well, what do you call that? What do you call it? But we see no systemic fraud here. Okay, fine, but what did you see? Nothing? Completely blinded to all of it? I mean, really, folks. It's unbelievable, really. So I wanted to point this out because I think it's important. Now, as for no inflation, no recession, Jerome Powell is the head of the Fed. He's in Wyoming today. Here's what he said. Cut 19, go. Restoring price stability will take some time and requires using our tools forcefully to bring demand and supply into better balance. Reducing inflation is likely to require a sustained period of below-trend growth. Moreover, What does that will... mean, below-trend growth? It means negative growth. It means recession. That's what it means. Below-trend growth. Go ahead. Likely be some softening of labor market conditions. In other words, you're going to see unemployment go up. What he's telling you is stagflation, what I've been telling you. That's what's going to happen. A recession with inflation, which is the worst combination possible. Go ahead. Higher interest rates, slower growth, and softer labor market conditions will bring down inflation. They will also bring some pain to households and businesses. So in other words, we have to collapse the economy, which is a very dangerous thing. And you know why he said this yesterday? Excuse me, today. Today. You know why he said it today? Because he sees it's now a trillion dollars, according to the University of Pennsylvania. Because he sees Joe Biden just spend a trillion dollars. 
Two weeks ago, he spent $800 billion. Not long ago, they spent another trillion dollars on bipartisan infrastructure. And before that, they spent $1.9 trillion. And that's all on top of a nearly $6 trillion budget. Disastrous. And Powell now sees it. He sees it. Go ahead. These are the unfortunate costs of reducing inflation. But a failure to restore price stability would mean far greater pain. It means a depression. That's how serious this is, folks. While the Biden administration is is going after Donald Trump, while the media are going after Donald Trump, the economy is on the verge of near collapse. Just a matter of time. That's like pouring gasoline on your house when it's on fire and saying this isn't going to spread the fire in fact it'll help your home you have to be as stupid and moronic as Joe Biden to believe that the Iranians are going to get nuclear weapons we have 5 million people who've come over that border 5 million people in less than 2 years 5 million With no end in sight. No end in sight. This last bill, on top of all the regulations and executive orders, is going to kill the oil industry. And we do not have electricity to replace it. And the cost of electricity is going through the roof. As a footnote, I have a friend that has a restaurant. And he used to have these two charger stations, I guess you'd call them. I don't know what you call them. He put bags over them. He shut them down. I said, why? He said, because people just keep coming and charging their vehicles. They don't think it costs anything. And my electric bill's gone through the roof. Yes. Won't we all be surprised? Or when you flick the switch and the light doesn't come on because you have solar panels. But it's been dark the last three days. Oh, my goodness. Then we're going to have these massive propellers in the middle of the ocean. And in cornfields, not just slaughtering birds. We don't care about birds anymore or endangered species, of course. Disaster. Disaster. All these pinheads and propeller heads, they don't know where energy comes from. They don't know a damn thing. This is all driven by ideology. Driven by ideology. I mean, Biden leading this charge? He doesn't know the men's room from the girls' room. John Kerry? He didn't even know what kind of plastic surgeon to choose. Look what he did to his face. He's got mashed potatoes in there. But that's Jerome Powell. You're in for trouble. Higher interest rates. Higher inflation. Lower job growth. Lower production. He sounded nervous. He is nervous. We're right on the line. Stagflation. The question is, how bad is it going to get? Now, this election's coming up in November. And what could happen, it would be a shock, and it would be very upsetting to most of us, is the Republicans don't do well, the Democrats are reelected, and then the economy collapses. I'll be right back. (laughs) 
मत लपेन Lee Zeldin is an American patriot. He wants to save the state of New York, which has been so horribly abused and mismanaged by left-wing ideologues and incompetence. We have an accidental governor in there now, and an accidental lieutenant governor in there now, and it's not just more the same, it's actually worse. How are you, Lee Zeldin? I'm doing great, Mark. It's great to be with you. Well, Lee... I want to play something for you. This is the accidental governor, Kathy Hochul, at a rally the other day. Cut 16, go. Fighting to bring government back to the people and out of the hands of dictators. And we're here to say that the era of Trump and Zeldin and Molinaro just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong. You don't represent our values. You are not New Yorkers. Lee Zellin, have you noticed you got Biden out there talking about semi-fascists? You, you have uh, this woman who really is um, dumb as they come, telling people, if you don't agree with me, get out of the state. I mean, this is a bizarre Democrat party right now, is it not? The party of tolerance. They couldn't possibly be more intolerant when you hear stuff like this. I'm not going anywhere. I'm a born and raised New Yorker. The only four years that I ever lived outside of New York was four years serving in the United States Army. I am raising my family here. I'm not going anywhere. And actually, the next day, I kind of took Kathy Hochul's advice a little bit. I got in a car, and I went to Florida. I went to Florida New York. It's located in Orange County. Got the endorsement <laughs> of the mayor of Florida, New York. And we went out and campaigned around the, the county after that. Uh, this is not just an attack on me. There are so many people out there who disagree with this governor. And if you want to be the governor of the state, you have to be the governor, not just for people who agree with you on everything, but also people who disagree. And in this country, if somebody stands up and they want to run against you for something, you can't just kick them out and just say that they're no longer welcome. They can't even live in that state anymore. They have to go move somewhere else. So, I mean, a way you could say that this is really disqualifying. As you point out, it's not just this governor. Uh, President Biden made his remarks going after uh, all sorts of different Republicans. Tens of millions of Republicans fit the bill of who he went after in his remarks in Maryland. So I think that's the wrong direction. And the irony alert is I, mean, I was there when President Biden was sworn into office because I was a member of Congress then, as I am today. And he was giving a speech about unifying this country, and that these types of remarks do anything but. And here's the other thing. Uh, what is it that we're supposed to unify around with these people? In other words, people are leaving the big cities because they're dangerous, because they can't, they can't rely on the cops anymore, because the cops are undermined by these Democrat mayors and political hacks and these organized uh, mobs that attack them. They can't get on the subway that they pay for. They go into the classrooms and their kids are being taught all kinds of perverse stuff and being told to hate each other and hate somebody else. I mean, all of our institutions are under attacks, especially in places like New York and California. 
And as I understand, you're trying to say, we have to put the brakes on here and reverse course, correct? Big time. Absolutely. I've challenged Kathy Hochul to complete this sentence. She hasn't done it yet. I don't know if she can. You and I could. A lot of other people can. New York leads the entire nation in population loss because. Finish this sentence. You know, and she's, she's calling for businesses to move back to New York. She doesn't understand why people are fleeing the state. You're talking about crime. People aren't feeling safe right now in the streets and the subways, in their homes, in their places of employment. They're undermining law enforcement. They're passing laws like cashless bail, putting people back out on the streets who should stay behind bars. You have lax, far-left district attorneys, like the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, who I've pledged to fire as soon as I get into office. My first act as governor will be telling Alvin Bragg that he's being removed. We also have lax, far-left judges, too. So in the case of the Goldman Sachs employee who was shot and killed on a subway in Staten Island, that person actually was murdered by an individual who the prosecutors were looking for bail on, but the judge released the person anyway and went out to went out to kill this Goldman Sachs employee. A few weeks ago, we saw the story of the Times Square slasher. Well, that person was on the street because of a lax far-left judge in Queens. In that case, the prosecutor was asking for bail. And with Castle's bail, we just had two Mexican cartel drug smugglers busted with $1.2 million worth of crystal meth, and they were instantly released right back out on the street. You can make your best argument for Castle's bail. I would argue that if you get busted with $1.2 million worth of crystal meth and you can't afford any bail, that's on you. You're a bad criminal, a bad businessman, a bad drug dealer. And everyone was talking about the Jose Alba case where this guy's forced to defend himself, comes from the Dominican Republic, living his American dream in New York, working a bodega, hardworking guy, staying out of trouble. He gets attacked. He had to defend himself. It was self-defense. He had no other choice. He ended up in Rikers Island. Bragg slaps a murder charge on him, doesn't charge the person who stabbed him. Alba goes into Rikers with an open stab wound. Bragg asks for hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of bail. Now, when I say we should get rid of Castle's bail, Kathy Hochul says we need more data. I say get rid of Bragg. She says he just got there, cut him some slack. He's doing his job. I said drop the murder charge on Alba. And Kathy Hochul says it's a local matter. She's not getting involved in the case. So, yeah, people are concerned about crime and public safety. And I don't care if you're a Republican, an independent, a Democrat. There are voters in New York who are ready to save this city and save this state. And they realize that it's not getting done with those who are there right now. Now, that's right. Now, if people want to help you in your campaign, where do they go? Zeldinfornewyork.com. Z-E-L-D-I-N-F-O-R, all one word, ZeldinforNewYork.com, and we're also on social media, too. Anyone out there, please get involved. Let's slap that on all our uh, social sites, Mr. Producer. And I'm sure uh, we will be talking to you before the election. Have a great weekend and take care of yourself. And I mean take care of yourself. It's dangerous out there. Yes, sir. Yes, you know. All right, Lee, take care. I mean, the guy was attacked. Unbelievable. I'll be right back.
Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. Mark doesn't suffer fools well. So, if you're a fool, don't call 877-381-3811. Heads up there, boys. My call screen is not blinking. Just thought I'd give you a heads up. DeLemon, over there at uh, CNN, he's desperately fighting to keep his job, I think. And he has uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre on CNN yesterday. And he asked a very logical question. What is semi-fascism? Go. Green, I want to get to all those things. With, with all due respect, no, but I, we no, have a short no. time. I'm going to get to all those things, but I just, if you'll answer my question, we can get to those I things. I am. What exactly I am. is I, semi-fascism? Don, I was just about to get to your question. Okay. I really was. But right. I want to, you brought me on the show for a reason, and I have to talk about I it. I understand that. I just have tonight. limited Wait. time with you. I just want to make well, sure we well, get all these. By, by having this back and forth, we're actually taking away from the time. So here we go. Um, so what we are seeing from Republicans and what we have seen uh, from, from Republicans <laughs> these past several years is that they are attacking our democracy. Uh, okay. They are let's, taking let's, away let's, our... Let's slow down there. Republicans are semi-fascists. They should leave Democrat states. And they're attacking democracy. Meanwhile, the Democrat mob rioted throughout the summer of 2020, killed people, hurt people, burned down businesses, attacked cops, Attacked their vehicles, attacked their precincts, attacked the White House. It's never discussed as an insurrection, but that was an insurrection by the thousands. Did a relatively small group break into the Capitol building? I don't give them any special pleading here, but you had a much larger number of people who did nothing. And then a second group of people who went in the Capitol or on the grounds who did nothing. Absolutely nothing. And they're throwing the book at them. A Democrat or somebody who thinks he's a Democrat and listens to Schumer and the like, the life of a Supreme Court justice. You have the Democrat mob at the homes of Supreme Court justices 
who are conservatives. Notice how that coverage is completely stopped. An attorney general hasn't prosecuted a single one. Sovereignty under attack, the entire border is open. Millions, millions of the country. They're all angels. So everybody's silent on the issue. And why? Because they know they're guilty. They know they've got their hands in the cookie jar. They got caught with their hands in the cookie jar. Now, Mr. Producer, are we available to get the opinions of Americans on this? Not yet. All right, so we continue. Now, I think Levin brings up a really good point. By the way, Mr. Call Screener here, Richie V, in the bunker, backing him up because obviously there are sometimes deep state gremlins within our system that make things a little bit difficult to, uh, I was going to say preach the gospel, but <laughs> to tell the truth on what's going on. And, you know, earlier today I did a, a different show. And on that show, what, part of what I was talking about was why we, they get away with this. And the reason they get away with this is because not only do we know that they've got their hand in the cookie jar, but so many people are being told the exact opposite. I went to one of my favorite Cuban places today for coffee in the morning, and I was having a conversation with somebody, and I was talking about an article that I saw where it was straight lies. I think it was a piece in the UK Guardian, right? And the headline was something like, Trump admits, right? Trump admits guilt with, uh, seemingly admits guilt with new filing uh, on the, the motion that he filed on Friday or whatever, on Thursday. And they were making the case that this is the reason that, that Trump is admitting is because he's saying that this was a violation of his Fourth Amendment right. And somehow they translate that into the, the, the admission of the year. Now, obviously, the whole thing is it's fake, it's phony, it's fraud, like uh, the legend Bob Grant used to say. But the point is... Regular people, people that aren't uh, hip to this stuff, like you guys, the Levinites, and everybody else that listens to talk radio and is attuned to what's going on, they eat this stuff up, they slop it up, and they're thinking, oh, Trump's guilty of sin. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time until we go ahead and get this guy with his hand in the cookie jar. And this, to me, is part of the problem. Now, obviously, you've read many a book on this, on the media and the media's bias and all of that stuff. But to me, I think it's incumbent upon each and every one of us. Because people need to know the truth. People need to realize that it's not exactly the way it seems, but we're always playing catch-up. And it's difficult because, you know, think of it like a UFC fight. People are throwing punches at you. You're busy blocking the punches instead of throwing the punches. That's why oftentimes the best way to win a fight is for you to throw the first punch. Something Trump was very good at when he was dealing with the media. Something uh, Governor DeSantis is good at. And, and there's a handful of people out there. I think everybody else is kind of like uh, go along to get along. Uh, and I'm talking about establishment Washington Republicans like McConnell. You know, who uh, they're in it for themselves. They're not in it for any particular cause. So when you have situations like that, that's part of the problem. We're not only fighting against the Democrats. We're fighting against Republicans as well. Hope that made sense. Because I was trying to piggyback off of what, what Levin said. Now, Mr. Producer, I'm looking at you through my little screen here. Are we able to go to the calls? Because there's a yeah, call that... Tell me what happened with Mark. Okay. So I wanted to go to Jimmy from Brooklyn, if we can do that, because Jimmy was telling me something a little while ago, and I thought it was interesting. Jimmy, go for it. Not exactly, but we're always playing catch-up. Jimmy, are you with me? I guess we don't have Jimmy. All right. Let us go to uh, Bill in Suffolk if he's available. Bill, anybody home? 
All right, the deep state gremlins have gotten to everybody. That's all right. We continue. Lots of stuff to discuss. Because some of the stuff that I, I talked about on my show today, and I'll share with you again, because I think it's, uh, it's kind of reminiscent of what Congressman Lee Zeldin was just talking about, is crime. I did a show out of Philly earlier, and there was a carjacking, and they stole a car that had a little kid in it. I don't know, two years old, three years old, something like that. And it, it made me think, you know, you've got this knockout game, and I don't want to call it a game because it's truly a, it's a horrific thing. But they're knocking people out. One guy ended up in a coma. Crime is out of control. Yet, Governor Hochul, and you just heard her comments that were played on this program, absolutely insane. So, again, I just want to reiterate, the reason you're talking to me and not to Mark is because we had the deep state gremlins in the uh, studio equipment that messed things up. And things went down for uh, in Mark's side of the studio. So we're working on getting that up again. Until then, you are with me, Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, also known as Mr. Call Screener. Now, back to this uh, issue on crime that Zeldin brought up. And Zeldin's a great person to talk about this as well because it was him that was, like, attacked at one of those little cat uh, knife defense tools <laughs> at a campaign stop. And, and, and you know, it just it makes you think. You really can't trust anybody. And the reason the criminals are so brazen is because we have this moral decay that is growing and growing and growing in our society. Where does it come from? I think there's a lot of places it comes from. You've got pro-crime, progressive prosecutors that allow this stuff to happen, that are kind of rooting for this stuff to happen because they want to create prison reform from, from the street level. Instead of legislating it, they just said, oh, how about we don't lock people up, and this way we don't have to reform jail laws, right? No more bail, no more crime, uh, you know, no more prosecution of crime. Just the crime runs rampant. But you've also got this onslaught, this unending barrage on anything that's not secular, on anything that's not what they like to label progressive. Absolutely anything that is what's considered uh, good or holy, right? And uh, it makes me think, because, you know, being um, Hispanic, it's part of our culture, you know, you kind of ask for a blessing to, it's part of the, uh, you know, you, you, see, you meet somebody and you say, bendición mami or bendición papi to, you know, to your parents. And they respond with, que Dios te bendiga, mijo. And, you know, may the Lord bless you. Th that's how um, in sync or entrenched uh, our faith is with our culture and our day-to-day -day greetings of, of people uh, of stature. You know, your parents, your family members, whatever. So it, it makes me think that was a part of the way I was brought up, but I realize there's a lot of people that weren't brought up that way, and I respect that, but how is it that I became the bad guy? How is it that you and me became the bad guy? How is it that I read this piece that came out last week in The Atlantic, and all of a sudden, they're, uh, they're saying that a rosary is now somehow linked to extremism. I think it's, you know, way beyond the pale, but we're going to talk about that in a little bit more when we come back. Hopefully, we got the great one back, 877 Three eight one three eight one one. I am Rich Valdez filling in momentarily for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. All right, America, welcome back. It's Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, by the way, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. You guys know me as Mr. Call Screener here on the Mark Levin Show. And I jumped in real quick because um, the deep state gremlins were messing around with Mark's equipment and we're trying to get that back up and running. But, of course, the show goes on here on the Mark Levin Show, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. If you're a lefty live and you want to disagree with me, please, por favor, I would love that. Now, long story short here. Uh, everything we talked about tonight, and trust me, today was, uh, was a lot of topics today, whether it was the New York Times and their um, pro-Hitler 
uh, writers. I mean, it just, nothing seems to surprise me. And sometimes it's easy to get jaded when you're in this business. And whether you're an activist or, or you know, part of, um, you know, one of these shows, one of the things that matters is don't give up. You got to stick with it because you have to move forward. You have to move forward. You can't give up. You can't give up heart because ultimately it's about America. Right? It's about America and the America that we're going to leave for our children, the America we grew up with and the traditions that we're going to leave behind. And without you doing your best and doing your part, kind of like what Reagan said, if not you, then who? And if not now, then when? What are we going to do and how are we going to do it? It has to be your job. We have to stop asking what can we do and realize we already know. Pick up a broom. Start doing something. And I'm not saying you're not. If you're listening to this show, I'm sure you've been doing plenty. So I think the job is to just get other people to realize that they have something to do because this country is just worth too much to let it go that easily. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, in your honor. Well, folks, I think some, honestly, I'm being honest, I think somebody's sabotaging this thing. Everything was fine on my end. Everything was fine in New York. Right, Mr. Producer? Perfect. All of a sudden, boom. It's not the first time. It's like the third time that's happened. The equipment is fine. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, please watch Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, Life, Liberty, and Levin. It's a very, very important show. If you can't watch it live, set your DVR right now. As long as you watch, I'll keep doing it. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, our truckers, our brothers and sisters in Taiwan and Ukraine. Good night to all my little doggies. God bless you all. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Leo. And good night, Joe. And ladies and gentlemen, together we shall overcome. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you Sunday and here on Monday.